Hey, when you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about those out-of-pocket costs. Now, that could be a lot of money, but are your medical bills accurate? Now, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills actually contain errors. Now, HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, or fraud. Now, you can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. Now, to date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. Check them out online, healthlock.com. Go there today. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Pure Talk, my sponsor and my wireless company, of now providing international roaming to over 50 countries. Now, as you plan your summer travel, make sure that your wireless company covers you at home and abroad. Now, you can get unlimited talk and text, plenty of 5G data for just 20 bucks a month. That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile for the exact same service. Just go to puretalk.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N, make the switch today. Save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N. This is a special edition of the Sean Hannity Show. America trapped behind enemy lines. Day number 296. Right, hour two, Sean Hannity Show, toll free. It's 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. So Democrats are counting on the fact that they can run on an anti-gun agenda and repealing Second Amendment rights of Americans. They have not yet come to the conclusion that if Roe, as anticipated, is in fact overturned, uh, that abortion will be legal. And by the time Election Day comes around, people will have concluded the obvious, which is they only sent this back to the states, that it is not enumerated in the Constitution. Therefore, that's not going to work. Um, so, you know, w- what do they have left at this point to, to lash out, blame me, companies and corporations, greedy corporations? And and, you know, how do they explain away a 42 year high in inflation? How do you explain away record high gas prices on top of record high gas prices on top of record high gas prices? Well, if you Pete Buttigieg, you come up with this genius answer. But we also know that the price of gasoline is, is not set by a dial in the Oval Office. And when an oil company is deciding hour by hour how much to charge you for a gallon of gas, uh, they're not calling the administration to ask what they should do. Uh, they're doing it based on their goal of maximizing their profits. It's been very striking right now to see these oil companies uh, who have become almost ridiculously profitable. And you hear these oil executives on the record talking about how they're not going to increase production. Uh, why would they? They're doing 
doing great right now. It's why the president has called for a use it or lose it policy, where if you're sitting on these thousands of permits, like these oil executives have been, and you're not doing anything with them, then you're going to be held accountable for that. Now, so far, congressional Republicans have blocked action to do something like that, but we think that's another step that would make a difference. Okay, so what are we talking about? Price controls here? The the big part of the equation that he's missing are all of the restrictions that they put on oil leasing and production of, of oil and gas and coal since they've come into power. Because all of that has impacted the ability of oil and gas companies to actually produce more oil and gas. And their policies have directly resulted in a significant decrease in the world's supply of the lifeblood of, of the world's economy. And they caused that. They should own that in many ways. You know, Buttigieg even said in the past, we'll get an electric car. He also was out there saying in the past uh, that, you know, you got you better get used to these high gas prices because this is the way it's going to be until we become energy independent with their definition of clean energy. That means no time in the future. So get used to it. Uh, then you've got, for example, Gene Sperling, senior Biden advisor, saying, uh, "I'm I'm not going to feel the high the pain of high gas prices. No, it's going to be the American people. No kidding. Listen. No, I, I mean seventy-two dollars say- for gas this morning. Do you feel it? Do you pay it? Look, I, you know, we see it. We see, you know, gallon ga- ga- gallon of milk go to to five dollars. Everybody understands that that is a hit. I think I'm not going to try to say that I, you know, feel that pain personally as much as so many families who make fifty or sixty thousand. But yet, do I? Do we feel that pain? Do we understand that frustration? All right. Oh, sure. Then, of course, Jen, our energy secretary, Granholm, was asked what they're going to do about it. And she, oh, 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 oh. she goes off into this giggling fit, you know, reminiscent a little bit of Kamala Harris giggling at the most inappropriate times and and then blaming OPEC and and not focusing on the fact that America's reduced artificially the supply of the world's market. Listen. What is the Granholm plan to increase oil production in America? <laughs> Oh, my God. That is hilarious. Would that I had the magic wand on this. As you know, of course, uh, oil is a global market. It is controlled by a cartel. That cartel is called OPEC. And they made a decision yesterday that they were not going to increase beyond what they were already planning. All right. Joining us now to discuss, debate and look at possible real solutions and Considering this is impacting the poor, the middle class disproportionately, people on fixed incomes disproportionately. In other words, the vast majority of the American people disproportionately. And the fact that all of this is preventable and all of this is easily fixable makes it even more frustrating. Uh, Daniel Turner is the founder, executive director of Power the Future. It's a national nonprofit organization that advocates for American energy jobs, which, by the way, are high paying career jobs that we used to have. When we had the policies of Donald Trump, Dan Weaver also with us, president of the Pennsylvania Oil and Gas Association. Welcome both of you to the program. Uh, Daniel, I'll start with you. Is there anything that I'm saying about the Biden administration policies artificially reducing the world's supply, resulting in the dramatic increase in price? No, absolutely not. I mean, this is a direct cause and effect. Biden, during his campaign, said he wanted to phase out oil and gas. He said he wanted to uh, stop uh, drilling and permitting. He said no new permits. So this is exactly what was going to result. We saw this coming. Um, The problem is Biden doesn't want to deal with the political fallout. 
And quite frankly, for, for Pete Buttigieg, first of all, Pete Buttigieg doesn't even understand transportation, and he's the transportation secretary. So why he thinks he understands oil and gas uh, is absurd. For him to make those dumb comments to blame oil companies for gas prices when they're not even the same industry, right? The, your oil company is not your gas company. So that is just an insulting comment. And again, Pete Buttigieg somehow wants us to believe that at record high prices, the oil company doesn't want to produce more because they're greedy. That just logically, it doesn't even make any sense. Of course, the industry wants to produce more oil and gas, but they're not going to if they know the Biden administration is going to punish them at every step of the way. Well, let me let me ask you this point. So so by reducing the number of available leases and auctions on public lands, et cetera. Uh, is it or is it not accurate that when companies begin the process of exploration for oil, even though they might think that there's oil in a particular area or gas, natural gas, they don't know until they start the process. Is that true? Absolutely. And and starting the getting your permits, your land permits, these are the 9,000 permits that Jen Psaki would always talk about. That is just the very first step. Just because you have access to land does not mean you have permission to drill. And your exploratory wells need permission. And you need extraction permission. And then you, you need permission to frack on top of that. And those are all the steps that the Biden administration is holding up at the Department of Interior, even at the EPA with ongoing regulatory and litigation. So it doesn't make any sense for the oil company to say, yes, we have this lease, but why would we begin to drill on it if they won't give us permission? And if we even begin, they're going to bring us to court. They're going to stop us. They're going to shut us down. So they have created a hostile climate to the industry. The industry is responding by, by basically not doing anything and it makes perfect sense. Let me play a cut of Joe Biden, then we'll bring in Dan Weaver with us. Uh, this is Biden's war on fossil fuels, his own words. Listen. If we don't stop using fossil fuels, we're all dead. Doing away with any subsidies for fossil fuels, number one. Number two, holding them liable for what they have done, particularly in those cases where you're underserved neighborhoods and you, you know the deal, okay? And by the way, when they don't or when they're deliberate, we'll put them in jail. Kiddo, I want you to just take a look, okay? You don't have to agree, but I want you to look in my eyes. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, we're going to end fossil fuel and I am not going to cooperate with them, okay? Would there be any place for fossil fuels, including coal and fracking, in a Biden administration? No, we would, we, would, we would work it out. We would make sure it's eliminated. He's saying it, Dan Weaver, in his own words. So this was his stated policy prior to being elected president. So why would we be surprised that he's followed through on all these promises? We're not. Um, you know, it, it, it's a, you're exactly right. He stated what he's going to do. They're executing their plan to the best of their ability. But yet they're blaming us and our industry for their policies that they're putting in place. Just as Daniel said, when it comes down to the permit, yeah, they're saying, oh, you're not drilling these wells, you're not drilling those wells, but you're blocking us. You're making it in the inability to move the product to market. Um, we do not have the ability to put a pipeline in the ground out there. So where, where are we at? How is that our fault when you, are, you came up with the plan, you're executing your plan? I mean, it seems. Now, let's go to specifically the issue of natural gas and Pennsylvania and states like Ohio. But you're, you're the the president of the Pennsylvania Oil and Gas Association. My understanding is based on current estimates 
we have over 200 years worth of natural gas reserves that we currently know about at least 200 years and correct me if i'm wrong dan weaver can't the combustion engine be adjusted to allow uh natural gas to power that engine oh absolutely you're exactly right um, there's been CNG vehicles out there, LNG. So CNG is compressed de- That technology has been available for decades. Am I wrong on that? No, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Um, you know, want to know why I know that? There. I know that, that because I bought a Providence Gas Company van that had been converted to to natural gas uh, for use and then converted back to gasoline. But anyway, you yeah. go right ahead. No, you're, you're exactly right. The technology's there. It's already proven. It's already safe. It's already available. But we just have to put it into use. And, again, that goes back to permits. And that goes back to we need to get that approved. So you can't just instantly, you know, put up a CNG station overnight or an LNG station. You have to have this distribution network there. Yes, we can tap into them when they're available. But, again, we need that certainty. And that's what it comes down to in any business, not just ours, is certainty. So whether it's regulatory certainty through the permitting process or whether that's certainty that, you know, you can be able to build the buildings that you need to do or build the infrastructure there, we have to have that certainty. As we continue, Daniel Turner is with us, founder, executive director of Power of the Future, a national nonprofit that advocates for American energy jobs. Dan Weaver is the president of the Pennsylvania Oil and Gas Association. I want to ask you both the same question. Dan, we'll give you the first crack at it. And or, or, or Dan Weaver, we'll give you the first crack at it because we have two Daniels on the line. So explain to me the difference. What is the difference if you import a barrel of oil from the Middle East, OPEC nations, Venezuela, Iran, Russia, or you produce the oil in the United States in terms of its impact on, if you will, Mother Earth. Is there any difference? Because to me, the fact that they want to import the energy rather than produce it is insanity to me. Well, actually, I would say there is a difference. Like, we have environmental regulations here that we have to follow. And what people tend to forget, well, I won't say people in general, but certain people forget that it's one atmosphere. Right. So if we have that ability to produce that oil here and we can do so, we can do so responsibly under environmental regulations. Not only that, we have the ability to put Americans to job and we have the Ameri- and we have the ability to control our own future through secure uh, energy right now, relying on other people and then keeping to deplete our nat- our, our reserve is is beyond. I, how do I want to say it? it's ludicrous. Your, your take, let me ask you, Daniel Turner. Absolutely. Uh, it's not just the, the, the cost of shipping that oil across the Atlantic or the Pacific, regardless of where it comes from. You know, those tankers have to burn a lot of diesel. So if your goal is to be environmentally conscientious, then you want to move that oil as, as efficiently as possible. And nothing is more efficient than a pipeline. But there's also a humanitarian cost. I mean, do we really think Iran is, is having OSHA? And, and compliance meetings, and they're wearing hard hats. Uh, do we really think they're careful with groundwater contamination? You know, it's the same in other industries as well. You look at coal and where coal prices are, 
Heck, someone like Tom Steyer ran for president saying he was going to shut down all the coal in America, and yet he's the largest owner of Malaysian and Indonesian and Chinese coal companies where there are 10-year-old girls who work 18-hour days. And, and Tom Steyer is a hero of the environmental left. And look at coal prices right now and how much is he and his hedge fund, Farallon Capital, making. So the whole green movement, um, when you look at it, you really is it is just one enormous grift. It's a foreign-funded uh, anti-American energy run by people who have competing investments, whether it's Chinese coal, whether it's Chinese wind and solar, whether it's Venezuelan oil. Uh, that is the green movement in America, and we need to call them out for the America-hating uh, uh, globalists that they are. Is there any other alternative energy source, clean energy source, or cleaner energy source uh, on the horizon that would be affordable for every American? Dan Weaver. Um, you're starting to see an emergence within the hydrogen market, uh, but again, that's coming from natural gas. I mean, there's there's blue hydrogen, which is natural gas driven, and then there's green. All right, hydrogen, so that kind of answers true. that question. And by the way, don't these electric cars don't they need uh, gas products and don't, and these batteries? What, what what are the materials needed for those? Oh, it's it's high end plastics. It's you know within the batteries, there's all the minerals. But you look at what it takes to get those rare earth minerals. Yes, we may have some of those heroes in the United States, but the processing facilities are where they're in China. So we got to ship them over to China, have them processed so they can turn around and ship the the products back to us. So, and what kind of effort does it take to actually extract those rare earth minerals from the earth? So, if we're looking at overall carbon footprint. Wouldn't we have been better off just to run a CNG or an LNG vehicle from the start? Boy, you guys are making way too much sense for any Democrat listening to this program right now. Uh, it's sad. It's all preventable. It's all fixable. And it's not going to happen with the Democrats in charge. That's the that's the sad part of this. Daniel uh, Turner, thank you. Dan Weaver, thank you. 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. Quick break. Right back. no one else does. America deserves to know the truth about Congress. All right, 25 now until the top of the hour. 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. Uh, did you see that Ron DeSantis is apparently supposed to speak uh, in at Chelsea Piers, which is, uh, I'm, I think it's on the west side of, of New York City. And anyway, so they have Pride Month going on in New York City. And Ron DeSantis, they keep going back to the so-called don't say gay law, which it never was. All this was about was kindergartners through what, second, third grade, whatever it was, is that we're not going to indoctrinate kids into, you know, gender, transgender, gender inequality issues, and that they were going to focus on reading, writing, math science and computers and, and get our kids educated because we pay more per capita per student than any other industrialized country with the worst results. Anyway, you have a state senator, two fellow LGBTQ Democrats are calling on Chelsea Piers to cancel the event at one of its venues set to feature the governor of Florida. And the, the thing that infuriates me about this more than anything else is 
That's not what the bill is. The bill never mentions the word gay. It doesn't even talk about it. You know, it's if parents wanting to instill their values in their children. I'm not sure why that's such a foreign concept. Sticking to the basics in school, you know, once we are number one, number one or two in, in terms of our educational system, teaching kids to read, write, do math, science, and computers, then maybe we can move on to the social issues. But we're not doing a good job at the fundamental issues. Governor of New York, it turns out, is now apparently uh, building out a $2 million spacious, state-of-the-art executive office in a Buffalo building whose landlord is a big campaign contributor, according to the documents. Does she not know it's an election year? I guess you have, what, Lee Zeldin, Rob Astorino, Andrew Giuliani. I think Zeldin is in the lead. Zeldin, in one poll, was within four points, even in New York, of potentially putting the state of New York in play for the governorship. When she became governor, she ordered that her office be made bigger by taking down a wall than she had been given access to a balcony, according to sources familiar with the expansion, the extensive renovations on the fifth floor of this mixed-use building in Buffalo's historic cobblestone district began after Hochul replaced Andrew Cuomo. Why did he, why is this the first thought of people? Like people ask me about, you know, well, what about your office? I'm like, I don't care about my office. I spend as little time in my office as possible. That's not where I do. I do my work in studios. I do my work in quiet. I, I just like total silence while I'm doing my preparation. You got another house Democrat, that would want to hit AR-15s with a 1,000% tax. That's just another backdoor way of banning guns. Uh, but we'll see how, how far that goes. I don't think it's going to go very far, uh, in my humble opinion. And anyway, 800-941-SEAN. Oh, my favorite story. Linda, you're going to love this story. An appellate court, California court, rules that the bumblebee is a fish. Under environmental law. Did you know that? I bet you did not. Um, I did not know that. You're teaching me a lot today. I'm teaching you a lot today. Okay. Now, you remember we went out to the San Joaquin Valley when you, you didn't even baby. have an endangered species. And this is, you know, an area, really heavy farming area in, inside of California, more inland. And we go to the San Joaquin Valley, and farmers don't have any water. And the reason they don't have any water is because the state put the priority of the Delta smelt. Now, many of you are asking, what's a Delta smelt? If you look up a picture of it on Google or Yahoo or wherever you, you do your searching, or it doesn't really matter, it basically is a minnow fish. There's no shortages of Delta smelts. How is it possible, a bumblebee? Now, Linda, correct me if I'm wrong. Does the science show that bumblebees swim? Because I've never heard of a bumblebee swimming. Matter of fact, I can, pro can, yeah. I can promise you that as we have this conversation right now, there is a scientist somewhere forming a study just to prove that a bumblebee can swim. I promise you that's happening All right, right now. So the case is called Almond Alliance of California versus the Fish and Game Commission, which is the California State Appellate Court. Third district. And they said the issue presented here is whether the bumblebee, which is a terrestrial invertebrate, again, falls within the definition of a fish. Now, when I think of a fish, don't you think of water? Because I've actually, in the course of my life, yellow jackets, bumblebees, wasps, 
you know, if I catch them, I'm going to usually flush them down the toilet. I had no idea they'd be able to swim. Um, yeah, they, I, I don't think that I don't think of them as if I admit swimmers. that I, I smush them, then I'll probably get arrested for smushing a bumblebee. Well, they have a whole song about that. It's like a nursery rhyme. It's just ridiculous. Okay. So according to the judges, get this, the bumblebee is classified as a fish, as a liberal interpretation of the word fish, as well as the state's own legislative history, including, quote, non-aquatic life. I mean, so you have a dark earth bumblebee. You know, they show a picture sitting on a flower, et cetera, et cetera. The judge explains, although the term fish commonly understood to refer to an aquatic species the law as it is written makes the legal definition of fish not so limited according to court documents and i'm not making any of this up then the court explained how the endangered species act has given classification authority to the fish and game commission to determine what is and what is not an endangered species and under the law the commission is solely responsible for establishing a list of endangered species and a list of threatened species. And the court found that the commission's authority was not limited to listing only aquatic invertebrates. Does that make any sense? No, but it's the same people who allow crackheads to sit outside or 10 feet from schools and they think this is totally fine and you're allowed to rob Walgreens as long as it's not over $1,000. So I've kind of given up on California. I think I've given up too. Uh, it's a hot mess. John is in New Jersey. John, how are you? Good afternoon. Good afternoon, sir. It's a pleasure to talk to you. My nice dad, to talk to you. What's going on? My dad never missed an episode of Hannity and Combs. That's how far back we go. Well, I'll tell you, Dad. And, uh, uh, I guess it sounds like your dad passed away. Did you lose your dad? He, he did a number of years ago, but he was a great man, and I love him well, to death. Um, I still miss my dad. Twenty going on twenty seven years after twenty six and a half years later. Lost my dad in those six. Um, I uh, lifelong resident, grown up in New Jersey, and I am just done. I bought a house in Sarasota, Mm -hmm. um, moving down there probably in February, March next year, and I can't wait. I'm tired of the the politics and the crime in the city. I work in the Bronx. It's a nightmare to come to work. It's a nightmare to go home, and I'm just done with it. I'll tell you, these Democrats have killed anything good. 59% of your fellow New Jerseyans want out. I mean, there was an article today about uh, Pennsylvania, and you know, people in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, they want out too. They want completely out of this thing. I, I got a prime T-bone with your name on it and a grilled... <clears throat> And charcoal <laughs> grill steak. I, don't I have like a steak. lot of friends in Sarasota. Sarasota's great. Look, I'm, I like both coasts. I like the East Coast, which is Sarasota, Fort Myers, Naples. I love that area, southwest Florida. And then I like the eastern part of Florida, Jupiter, you know, straight on down through Miami. I mean, I, I love any place that's near water. I love to stare at water. And if I can you do bring that. Your bike, bring your bike and we'll go riding. Um, I will bring my bike. We'll go bike riding, and then you can make me my ribeye. Anyway, good. You know what? I'm not far behind you. I've already been making the moves, putting everything in all the pieces in place to eventually get down there with you. And hopefully, God lets me live long enough to make that happen. Uh, anyway, back to our phones. Tom in Ohio. Tom, how are you? Uh, good. How are you? I'm good, sir. What's going on? How are you doing, Sean? Okay, I just want to talk about the, the like these gun control legislation that's going around. I think that uh, the Republicans in Congress should get together 
can offer an amendment where if it's if whatever the restrictions on type or caliber or magazine capacity, the same should apply to the Secret Service, to the Capitol Police that protect the senators and congressmen. You know, if it's good enough for the American people, then they should abide by those same restrictions. Like even well, now, D.C. I mean, do you want the com- do you want the country to give up its nuclear weapons? I don't. Should people be allowed to have nuclear weapons? Hell no. I mean, that's obvious. No. Um, but that's not the Second Amendment. The right of the people to keep and bear arms is is pretty unambiguous to me. It's very clear. And Joe Biden, I agree. It's not absolute. All he wants, it, you know, the idea that they can, you know, regulate an inanimate object is insane to me. But go ahead, finish your thought. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. It's just, but, I mean, you know, stuff gets passed. I mean, like, you know, it was the same thing when Obamacare passed and it was supposed to apply to Congress. They found a loophole. They always find a loophole. If nothing else, it should, I think it should be put out there just to shame them to, you know, get the story going. Because, you know, it the, was, the was good news long, is so I don't around. think this is going anywhere. And I, I, the three big things now they are focused on, the Democrats, they can't focus on the economy they can't focus on inflation they can't focus on gas prices or the border or mm-hmm. Afghanistan or and they, they can't cite a single thing that they've done that's been successful so they're going to try and focus nope. on abortion guns and January 6th that that's their playbook and then of course they'll always add the usual Republicans are racist sexist misogynist homophobic mm-hmm. blah 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 that's that's always coming and I think that this is going to be it's the economy stupid election. It's your failure, uh, ag- your failed agenda election. That's what I think it's going to come down to. I don't think we're going to have to worry about it in the end. Because I think Republicans, have, I think we take the House. I think it's always rough when you have all of these bellwether states that, are, that have Senate races. But I think we could sweep the table in a wave election, and I'm hoping for a wave election. I, I agree. It's going to be a wave if there isn't, then something, some shenanigans went on if it doesn't happen. <laughs> Tom, appreciate it. All my best. Uh, tell my buddy Billy Cunningham I said hi. Troy is in Colorado. Hey, Troy, how are you? Hey, Sean. Uh, well, I got a litany of things to go over here. Uh, let, let me start uh, with uh, you, you keep saying that uh, everything's fixable and, and preventable, but I don't think that's the the word that you should be using the, the word that you should be using is intentional. There is no way you can govern this badly by accident. This is this is intentional. And there's a... I, well, mean, I think a it's intentional picture. by some, but I, then I think you have the, the true believers on the other hand. Like, I think there are people that want high gas prices because, quote, that will force America to find alternative sources of energy, which are non-existent. The right. wind power, solar power, the, these technologies are not capable of taking over for the lifeblood of the world's economy. It's not. No, so I no. think there are and, people and, that know that but don't care because they want to advance that agenda because they're, they're cult members and they've bought into this climate alarmist crap. Go ahead. Oh, absolutely. Um, but I, I own a small trucking company. I finally got my dream of setting that up after driving driving trucks for 35 years. And I, I look at everything that's going on. These people somehow sit around and dream this stuff up and decide, let's let's raise the minimum wage up to $15 an hour so that people could live on it. And then they turn around and they make every policy and procedure that is going to make $15 an hour seem like $3 an hour uh, because they're driving the price up on everything. 
no, nobody's looking at the big picture. We're going to be out of food because the farmers aren't going to be growing it. We're, the truckers aren't going to be able to transport it. You've got high diesel fuel prices. My my, it's, like I said, it's a small fleet, but we were doing ten thousand dollars a week in fuel. Not not that long ago, six months ago. Now we're doing fifteen thousand dollars a week in fuel, uh, but it gets passed on to the to the consumer. I, I don't end up eating it in the long run. I gotta, I, I have to finance that debt because everything is accounts receivable. So even though I raise my price, and you know, fortunately I've been smart about my money, and, and we're able to weather this this gap. No, I'm 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 just telling you that this this is now going to impact everybody in every way imaginable, and and thankfully you're able to raise your prices, and you should not make less money, especially in inflationary times, but you have no choice. All of that gets passed on to the consumers, just like when the Democrats attack corporations, they really and they want to tax corporations. Corporations are just going to raise their prices. Corporations do everything they can do to avoid paying taxes. If they pay it, they're going to pass the cost on to we the people. And that's what's ultimately going to happen. And that's where the fallacy lies. Um, but I'm, by the way, congratulations. You worked 35 years. Now you own your own business. You worked hard for all of that to happen. And I really wish you all the best and success in it, sir. Thank you very much. I appreciate it, Sean. You have a nice day. All right, my friend. We appreciate your call. 800 941 Sean, if you want to be a part of the program. For the analysis to help you make sense of it all, this is the Sean Hannity Show. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.